Wednesday, February 23rd, New York City, Andrei Bogoslavsky. Tonight's episode, 7.30 p.m. in New York City, will be about very interesting and important aspect of creative process in our um, culture, in our civilization, is how to use creative process, painting, music, poetry, writing, writing diaries as a healing process to heal your soul. And I personally have an art collector who had a clinic. He had a clinic for addicts and alcoholic recovery. He sold the business <coughs> and now he's a full-time photography traveling around the world. Uh, Bobby, he lives in Washington, D.C. He has a huge collection of my works on paper. So uh, I, I, I came to his clinic once upon a time, and I spent a couple hours with a group of people, a very private, very, you know, exquisite clinic, very expensive, to, to teach people how to uh, express themselves, how to unblock creativity, regardless of where you come from. And then also, there is a high school in Washington, D.C. called Maya Angelou High School for Troubled Kids, and I volunteered there. I went to a fundraiser, I met Maya Angelou years ago, and I offered to volunteer, and she she put a word for me, for the school principal, and they let me volunteer a few times so I work with teenage kids to teach them to to tell them my uh, perspective how to discover yourself how to heal yourself through through creative process so the creative process is a very sensual sensitive issue because you basically need to unload on canvas let's talk about painting okay i we're not going to talk about poetry and music in this episode and I, in general i'm not a musician i'm not a poet <coughs> Although I have some skills, oratorial skills to speak to the public because I was trained in it throughout my high school, but I'm not a writer. I'm not a poet uh, in any language. And so let's focus on, on painting and drawing on visual arts as a, as a self-expression, but also from an angle of a healing process. How is it supposed to heal you? How is it supposed to overcome, to help you to overcome your fears or the blocks you have? in your personality in who you are well let's take uh, let's take an example let's say you are 16 year old you're going to high school in a small town in the mid midwest somewhere in the middle of nowhere or somewhere you know so your environment is is very specific you know you have mother father couple siblings and you 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 have couple friends at school you you sit on the internet for a couple hours a day you play games computer games. So there is this whole bundle that you call life. You know, you eat food, you have sports, you like sports, you like what else you like. Occasionally you, you have to read books. School tells you to read books. <coughs> but you also like to dibble nibble, make little scribbles in your, in your notebooks and you would like to develop it. I mean, you have this gut feeling that you really like doing it. I'll tell you why you like 
make doing it. Because there you are sitting in your class and the teacher is talking about history of ancient Egypt and blah, 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 and the gods of Egypt. And you are sitting and nibbling there, you know, <coughs> some crazy faces or some space travel and time travel ideas you have in your notebook. And you are more interested in your drawings and your ideas in this mind travel that you're taking in your mind for half an hour while the class lasts, you're completely consumed by your drawings. And the day goes by, and the next day you realize that you really enjoyed that half an hour that you spaced out and completely were taken by the mind travel, the time travel, the the fantasies you have about these other civilizations, about these creatures with six legs, and they talk similar language to English or Russian, and, and, and you, you, you really enjoy, it's like the whole adventure happening in your head, and more than in your head, you, you, you are capable of putting it on paper, more or less, and then you find this guy, Russian guy, Andrei Bogoslavsky, on, on TikTok, on YouTube, and you, you, you can learn how to develop some skills, some technical skills, you see, you see like a dentist needs skills to fix your teeth. It's, it's, it's good to be inspired by fixing people's teeth, to really have passion to look into people's mouth and dig into their teeth and, and smell their shitty smell from their mouth. I would never be able to be a doctor, you know. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I can't imagine sticking my hands into somebody's ass. So, <laughs> very funny. So, I, you know, just... Uh, this is an adventure that you enjoy taking in your own imagination and you're and you are and you like to express it with your hand i i would like to emphasize this connection between imagination thoughts which is immaterial world which 5 minutes ago you were thinking about the 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 beautiful cats and dogs and now you're thinking about aliens invading planet earth and it's beautiful. You absolutely enjoy these mind trips and your thoughts are, thoughts are flying with the speed of light and you are drawing all of this relationship, you know, between cats and dogs and flying UFOs and it's an adventure. Adventure. Besides the be, being fantasy adventure, you're discovering yourself. You're discovering your thoughts. You're watching your thoughts. Why are you thinking about UFOs? and aliens and dogs and cats. You start asking yourself a question. How come you don't think about dirty shoes and 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 something else you understand so the, the process of self discovery via creative process is very valuable so there are people who paint mandalas all the time you understand they paint the symmetrical uh, designs that they are inspired by Tibetan Buddhism, for instance. Mandala is a, is a basically a map of the universe in a Buddhist philosophy and understanding the universe. Mandala is specifically Buddhist because Buddha developed this technology of self-discovery and overcoming your own suffering. And over a couple thousand years, people developed different drawing symbolism. This hand of Buddha like this means something else. If the hand is that way, 
it means something else. The third eye in Buddhism means something else than in Hinduism and on and on and on. So over thousands of years, people developed all kinds of drawings out of Buddhist ideas. So again, I repeat for the millionth time, ideas make great art. Michelangelo had ideas. This is how he painted the Sixteenth Chapel, is the ideas. So what you're going to be painting, what you're creating, essentially, is ideas. You understand? But you need technical knowledge how to do it. So this is why I'm encouraging you to spend a lot of time drawing black and white from nature. So you know how to draw this tree. So you know the tree that is 50 feet away from you. You can see the texture of the bark of the tree. And the tree that is a mile away from you, you can't see. You, you won't be able to see the texture of the bark of the tree. You barely see the color of the bark of the tree. You understand? Or the trunk of the tree. <coughs> you understand? Close by, you see individual leaves on the tree. Far away, you see just bulky, uh, bulky green green bulks of the of so you need this technical knowledge awareness of how the visible world is around you so you need to this this realistic drawing and understanding of physical properties of the universe around you so when you do your fantasy drawings you do them uh, uh, correctly because human imagination inside your head when you close your eyes and you imagine this UFO flying from outer space, you need to be able to depict that the clouds are behind UFO and UFO is five miles away from your eye and behind the clouds there are a couple stars and the moon is a billion light years away from us and the tree is 50 feet away from you. So when you paint the scene with the UFO, you need this technical knowledge, you understand? So to express your fantasies and dreams and, and whatever, on a road of soul discovery, on mandalas, you need the technical knowledge. A lot of abstract artists are having a great time on a process of healing. So people unroll, I've seen so many uh, people who unroll, let's not call them artists because... Because what, as a result of your activity, I understand it's a painting. You took a bucket of paint and you splashed and you had a great time. You expressed your either love or anger or something. There are people actually, there. there's a company, uh, I forgot its name, where you can come and you can throw... Uh, computers, recycling uh, old computers against the wall for half an hour and pay $100 and let your anger out. So that is not uh, constructive. You don't create anything. You destroy the computers that are still to be recycled anyway, but you let your anger out. Or people are throwing trees or light bulbs. I don't know. But there is a company like this. Yes, they actually let you for money to throw dishes against the wall. So the same uh, uh, function of your mind, of your brain, is when you use art as a self-healing. It's the same letting your anger out, letting your depression out. So let's say you're very depressed. You can't get off the couch. You can't roll out of bed. To, to, to go eat breakfast. You don't care to eat breakfast. You don't care to brush your teeth. You don't care to take a bath. You're really depressed. So what, how art is supposed to pull you out of bed? Well, think of it like this. 
the purpose, the, the end result of your artistic activity, your creativity, is actual piece of something. It's a flat surface with an image. And supposedly, other people will look at it. And supposedly, people will see in it what you were trying to put into it. So what are you trying to put into it? Your self-discovery, recovery process and healing? Okay, go for it. But your intention, your message to the world, I, I propose to you, I recommend, I encourage you to be positive. In other words, people who will be looking at your paintings, they need to enjoy looking. They need to see the light, the positivity, the hope, the light in the end of the tunnel. This is why people buy art. Any great art in the museum, you can sit in front of it because the energy, the colors, the composition, the subject matter just gives you spiritual pleasure that cannot be described in words. You know how to say one painting is worth a million words? This is exactly what it is. When I stood in front of Leonardo da Vinci, little tiny paintings, Madonna with the flower in Hermitage and in St. Petersburg for hours, all day, six hours. I, I took a break every hour to go see other artists <coughs> go to Rembrandt. They have sculpture of Michelangelo, one sculpture in Russia, <coughs> little kneeling boy. It's a very funny story about that sculpture. Michelangelo was trying to make money by making pretend fake Roman sculptures because he was broke. And before he got big commissions from Florence, before he made David, he was really broke. He needed to make money. So he was making these fake sculptures and selling them as fakes. Oh my God, Michelangelo, a <laughs> businessman. So going back to self-discovery, recovery process, art, creative process, is a challenging process. It's not easy. It's not like taking medication. Uh, what is that medication? I forgot. Uh, people get addicted to... Oh, shit, I forgot. So, oh, Xanax, Xanax. People take Xanax, have a glass of wine, and screw their brains for a long time. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I heard people get hooked on medications, and it goes on for years, and they lose their mind. They can't control their behavior, their thoughts. They can't sleep. They can't eat. So, I, 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 you know, I'm not a doctor, but creative process gives you a result. You have a drawing. You can burn the drawing. You can destroy it. You can flush it down the toilet because you actually enjoy the process. You actually needed the process of creation to overcome your fears of creation. Creativity and creation is not an easy process. There is a book I keep recommending. It's an ancient text. It's called Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita is about 160 pages. It's a part of this huge literature, epic, epic book called Mahabharata, the history of human civilization, the history of India or human civilization, you can call it. So it's a principal book of Hinduism. In this little book, 160 pages, one guy, an average human being, well, he's not average, he's a warrior, gets the opportunity to talk to creator, to God, to Krishna, Shiva. And Shiva explains to him how to behave and how the universe works and also describes himself what God is. 
and what the creative process is. I keep recommending this book to read because this is it is literature. It's a classic literature that everyone should know. Every educated human being should know this this epic, epic, epic. You know, all the greatest minds of the of human civilization had this book by their bed. Mahatma Gandhi had this book by his bed all the time. Not to mention other dictators all over the world. You know, they, they if you want to understand the universe creative process, or at least the concept of creative process, how it possibly could happen. Let's say, let's let's speculate, you know, Bhagavad Gita is one point of view of how God is. In today's cosmology, astrophysics, a lot of sciences actually accept the Hindu concept of creation, that there were many universes before Big Bang, and there are many parallel universes, so it's mathematically they calculated that there are other dimensions. But this is what Hindus has been talking about for 5,000 years. So uh, the, the, the creator of Manhattan Project, what's his name? Uh, Feynman. He quoted uh, from, from Bhagavad Gita when the first nuclear explosion exploded in a desert. Before Hiroshima and Nagasaki, he quoted the words from, from the words of Shiva. Yes, yes, you didn't know that. So he said, "What he said, I am the creator, I'm the destructor. So the creative process is not an easy process. The tree is not having an easy time growing. No! When mushroom grows from, from soil, from a little spores, it's not an easy process. It's a struggle. It's a fight for survival. Lions don't have easy living. They have to hunt. They and they, not every hunt is successful. Zebras don't have easy. They have to eat the grass, and their children get killed by lions all the time. So, creative process or the process of existence is not easy. This bird is building a nest for his wife, hoping to 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 get late tonight and produce some kids and have some eggs and feed those kids with worms. He is building this nest. What do you think? It's easy to build a nest? No, it's not easy. He has to go around and find the little sticks to build a nest. So creative process by its nature is part of the creative process of the universe. But it's not easy. Nothing is easy. Tossing on a couch and eating Nutella, uh, like I do, is not easy either. But the results of eating Nutella is feeling disgusted about yourself. And the results of being creative and producing artwork that other people will enjoy is actually self-satisfying and brings you contentment. In, in the end of the week, you actually are happy you were creative this week. You created something, although it looks like shit, but but you did something, okay? You struggle, you struggle again, you're gonna struggle again. There was an artist, very famous artist, his name is Matisse, Henri Matisse. And he got sick early in his life and he was in a wheelchair in 1930s. Nevertheless, he was painting with easels every day. And the next morning he would wake up 
in oils, in oil technology, and he would wipe the painting with a rug and start over. You might think the guy is crazy. He can get money for this painting, you know, like a week worth of living and pay his hotel bills. He was always living in the hotels. He enjoyed it. And uh, but he had a concept of overcoming himself. His challenge was to create today better than he created yesterday. But if this is the goal, if this is an objective, screw yesterday. Forget about yesterday. So let's wipe what we did yesterday because it's irrelevant. Today, we're going to do better than we did yesterday, period. And in order to do that, not to waste any more canvas and save some money on canvas, it's, it's smarter to wipe off what you painted yesterday. With acrylics, you can't do that. So, But with oils, you can wipe off and you have a blank canvas. Use a little turpentine to wipe it really clean, like totally white and start over again and the next day again and the next day again and this is how this man had developed such a unique and original style and he's from his paintings from 1905 1910 he was one of the founders member of the group of Fuava, Fuavist, which means color wild beasts he was painting fairly realistically you know and before before Fuava, he was painting fairly realistically Realistic, you know, still lives. You know, he wasn't really different than anybody else of his time in the, when he was young. But through this transformation, through this process of overcoming yesterday and doing better today and doing something crazier, taking yourself over the line, he developed and ultimately towards the end of his life, he developed this series of paintings we call jazz, like jazz music. And and they're they're marvelous. Oh my God, they're they're mind blowing artwork, and they are not abstract. When you look at them, you actually come to if you know his artwork, you need to look at whole artist's creative history to realize that these are actually figures. You see a figure. It's not abstract. Yes, it's bizarre. It's deformed. It's blue. And then there is something else. It's a tree. You understand? So he calls it jazz for because he says it was inspired by jazz music. He enjoyed jazz music at the time. So the same goes for Kandinsky. Kandinsky, abstract expressionist. Not really express. Well, abstract expressionist, we can call him. He was painting fairly realistically. He was painting just just beautiful sceneries here and there. He was a lawyer. He was studying law in Germany. So he started very realistically, you know, just studying the sky and the trees and the dogs and the cats. And later he went through a transformation of his style, but it takes works. And this is this is alongside of self-discovery. You discover yourself by challenging yourself, you understand? If you don't have obstacles that you actually discipline yourself. Yeah, I understand the obstacles, the, the challenges your school gives you homework. Your parents tell you to clean up your room. Your neighbors tell you to clean up your backyard or front yard. Do, 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 you understand? So do, those are outside, you know, requirements for your existence. That's one thing. But here you are giving yourself a challenge to vacuum your apartment like myself twice a week. 
to do the laundry twice a week, to eat specifically healthy. So these are challenges that you need to discipline yourself and put yourself in order. You understand? If you don't put things in order, it's going to get very chaotic. And a year to go by, you're going to have health issues. You're going to be disgusted with what you made out of your life. You could have. It's never too late. It's never too late to pick up a pencil and start drawing now. As you listen to this podcast, start drawing now because now is the only true moment of the universe. There is no other true moment of existence of this universe and your life but now. This second as you are listening to this podcast, the rest is an illusion. Tomorrow is illusion. Yesterday is illusion. It's gone. You have memories. You have learned some experiences, fortunate, unfortunate. Learn from your past. But the true moment of existence, of secrets, of all the universe is the now moment. You can change your life in now moment. You can get, you can get down on your knees and ask help from the higher powers of this universe right now. Humbly on your knees. You can. All you need is a will. I recommend certain things, such as humble attitude towards the universe. You are just a little bug on this planet, and and the universe is huge. It's fucking huge, okay? With trillions, gazillions, Google galaxies. Who the fuck are you? I recommend you get down on your knees and ask for help. Whatever you call it, Allah, God, Krishna, Buddha, whatever, be humble because all you got is your empty hands and nothing between your fingers and now moment. Everything else is irrelevant. Thank you for listening.